Hello. Hey. Hey, girl. How's it going? Hey, girl. Hey. Hi, girl. Hey. <laughs> I'm so, good. How are you? I'm fan tastic It's a Friday night. Just living my best life. Talking about BFF. Having a hard mm. seltzer. Just peak fall, I guess. I don't know. Excellent. Well, um, for those of you who do not know, my name is Madeline. I'm Olivia. And this is another episode of another Picture Show podcast. We are two sexy beasts who like to talk about movies that we love or that we fucking hate. <laughs> There's been but a few that we have hated. We've um, like shat on a lot, of, <laughs> like a lot of video or movies recently. A lot of videos, yeah. A lot of videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, normally, the premise is we review movies. However, typically, I haven't seen them or. Um, we just want to watch them together, but I never know what the movie is before the intro. So I have no preconceived notions of what we're going to watch this week until Olivia tells me. So, uh, so this week I thought we'd do something a little bit different. I th- thought that because this is kind of our last official spooky movie episode, I thought we could do a double feature. Uh, this week, I was thinking we could watch both The Shining and Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay. So, Dr. Sleep's kind of like uh, the sequel to The Shining, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, do- isn't Dr. Mm-hmm. Is- <laughs> 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 My brain's working. Isn't Dr. Sleep about the kid from The Shining? Danny, yes. Danny, the one on the tricycle? Mm-hmm. So I've seen The Shining. I don't know anything about Dr. Sleep. That's fine. All I know is, okay, sorry. The one thing I do know about Dr. Sleep is like The Shining is like something that, no, they explain that. I'm dumb. I think they explain (laughs) in The Shining that The Shining is something that like certain people have. Like it's like a certain ability. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, I guess Dr. Sleep is supposed to like play more into that in the movie because like thinking back on when I watched The Shining he like does like his little shine thing like a couple of times like the only one time where it like really mattered was when he got the property manager whoever that one dude was to like be like oh no daddy's in trouble and he like gets on a plane and he's like oh god I hope he's not dead yet and like that's all I remember yeah (laughs) this is Um, the whole movie (laughs) I have only seen The Shining once. I think it'll be good for me to rewatch it and, and be able to discuss it with the context of Dr. Sleep as well, because I've watched that one pretty recently. I thought it would be fun. So we could, you know, throw it back. Our first pre-90s movie. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> and, what year did Fight Club come out? Um, and then a more yeah. recent one. Little little contrast. Yeah. Aaron Contrast little Venn diagram moment. (laughs) Old spooky and new spooky. (laughs) I want, I want a Venn diagram. Old spooky, new spooky. And then like (laughs) the titles underneath and then in the middle it's just like the shining question mark. Stephen King? (laughs) More tricycles in the second movie. Yeah. Weirdly enough, it's all about bikes. Uh. Dr. Sleep is actually the name of his bicycle repair shop. How long ago did you see uh, The Shining? 
two or three years ago. Okay. Like I'd never seen it prior to that. So mm-hmm. my sister, I think, was watching it and then I tuned in and we watched it and I mean I don't think it was that scary. Like I I mean people are like, oh I mean Stephen King is an amazing writer, but like I wasn't I guess the book is probably much scarier or much like more chilling than the movie because like I was watching this movie and I was like okay so like it's kind of creepy that this dude's going crazy but I wasn't like scared you know what I mean like I wasn't yeah. <laughs> I yeah, wasn't I afraid that, for my life yeah like I said I've only watched it once and I watched it like two or three years ago and I was like huh so I think it'll be good like I said for me to watch it again to like really soak it in and have a, have an actual take on it because I think the first time I watched it it was it was all fresh but I had the like pop culture references already in my head um watching it but now that i've read once yeah i can like watch it again with all the context uh have seen having seen it before and then also having seen dr sleep i think it'll be it'll be fun is it okay is it ewan mcgregor in dr sleep yes okay i'd love ewan mcgregor (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have a good time (laughs) yeah so I guess with that, we can go watch both of those movies and then come back and talk about them. Look at you, science fiction, double picture feature show. I mean, this is another picture show, double feature. Our title does come from Rocky Horror. No, not at all. We hate that movie. (laughs) that movie. It's not one of my favorites of all time. No. I have no personal relationship with that movie at all, so... (laughs) It's completely ironic. If you've never seen it, it. so I'm just kidding. I have definitely seen Rocky Horror. Okay, so with that, uh, (laughs) we're gonna go watch The Shining and Doctor Sleep, and we'll be back with our review of those two movies in three, two, one. And we're back. Yay! <laughs> we Man, watched... that is a lot of, it's a lot of movies. It it's is a lot, a lot of film. movies. It is. It is. I guess the best way to go about this is to start with The Shining and then kind of get to the, get to Dr. Sleep afterwards. So the first half of this review will be The Shining and the second half will be Dr. Sleep. Does that sound like a plan? Works for me, dog. Cool. The Shining is a 1980 psychological horror film produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick and co-written with novelist Diane Johnson. The film is based on Stephen King's 1977 novel of the same name and stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and Danny Lloyd. First off, do you want to just give a little recap of, of The Shining? Just The Shining? Okay, you got it. Yeah. So, we got... Jack Torrance. Jack's this high school teacher. He's writing a book. He gets this job opportunity over the winter. I'm like, you're a teacher. How can you do this over the winter? But whatever. Like, we, we ignore that. Um, <laughs> it's all virtual. Uh, so Yeah, it's all- <laughs> in the In the 70s, they did, like, online classes. Yeah, they had Zoom calls and everything. Um, they're just like us. Um, before they left, Danny had some weird visions, so you kind of already know Danny's a weird kid. He's got some weird stuff going on. 
He has visions. He has a little worm friend named Tony. So he's just like a little different. So they're on their way up. <clears throat> you can kind of tell like Jack's like an impatient guy. Like he's just, he thinks he's like hot shit. He wants to write this book. He wants to like have like the perfect scenery to write this book. So what better place than a snowed in <laughs> hotel in the middle of Colorado? <laughs> That's my ideal writing spot. So he shows up with his fam and he meets the hotel manager guy. He's like, hey, by the way, you're not going to kill your family, right? And Jack's like, no, definitely not. Um, so they take a little tour. Danny meets this guy in the kitchen. Um, Dick, right? That's his name? Yes. Okay, so he meets Dick. And Dick and him are like, hmm, like they're like sussing each other out. And so as like the hotel's like closing down, everybody's like, hey, by the way, like one of these caretakers a few years ago, like chopped up his family. So like, you're just, we're just putting it all out there. This place gets weird. And so Jack and the fam are like, oh yeah, totally. Uh, You got it. And then naturally weird shit goes down. But before everybody leaves, Dick pulls Danny aside. And he's like, by the way, you got the shiny. You can see ghosts. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, they're not going to hurt you. Bounces. Um, And they can like telepathically communicate. So to wrap this up real quick, Jack just goes fucking bonkers, goes after his family with an ax. Danny has multiple visions. (laughs) And he like shines like a help signal to Dick from like thousand miles away. He's down in Florida. Jack like gets absorbed into like the evilness of the hotel. Meanwhile, Wendy and Danny are just trying to survive. It's snowy. There's a maze chase. Um, here's Johnny. I found out was from like a late night show. That was like a late yeah, night show. Reference Johnny Carson. Was... Johnny yes, Carson. So I didn't know that until I rewatched the movie. And then the hotel wins. Wendy and Danny escape, but they get Jack's soul and he's forever the groundskeeper. And it's a lot of like mind play. Like you don't know like what's real and like what's going on in Jack's head. And Mm -hmm. like, has he always been there? And this is just like a reincarnation. Like it's, it's very trippy because, you know, he, he meets some ghosts and they're like, no, you've always been here. And he's like, I definitely haven't. And then, but then he like, he just, he feels so like at, peace or at home or at like home in this hotel so like he gives in to like the evilness of the hotel and like the the darkness or whatever it just like consumes him and he has like this break and he his soul is stuck for all eternity in the overlook hotel and danny's scarred for life as we find out in doctor sleep (laughs) (laughs) indeed yes that was a, a very good uh over overlook of the of the shining. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> what did you think of the shining? I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more as far as like horror films, I think I've said this before, I'm much more into like thrillers yeah. than I am like jump scares and like sure like gory stuff like, you know, final destination like that's that's okay. Like it's like it's fun to be like, "Ooh, they're cheating death, but death's coming to get them." Um but anything that's like Nightmare on Elm Street or like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm like, I get the appeal, but I prefer thrillers over that. Like I prefer yeah. like hauntings, but I don't need like ghosts like right up in my grill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I like kind of the complexity of like the film itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know much about Stanley Kubrick, except everybody's like, oh my God, he's amazing. And he does no wrong. <laughs> 
I mean, I looked up like one review and everybody was like, he's perfect. And I was, but the one thing I did read up and I thought was funny was that Stephen King did not like Jack Nicholson as Jack because I knew this before Stephen King wrote the book based on his stay at a hotel in Colorado. And they were like the last guests before it closed for the winter. So when he wrote The Shining, he was kind of basing the character Jack off of himself as like a struggling writer and like, you know, if he was like isolated, like would he have some sort of like break because like he's struggling under the quote unquote like pressures of being like the breadwinner and like the the writer, et cetera. So I like that. I think it's funny that he didn't like Jack Nicholson, even though Jack Nicholson, that's one of Jack Nicholson's Well, I know that he didn't like, he didn't like Stanley Kubrick's like adaptation yeah, he at hated all. The adaptation he he didn't the like the movie at all. And we can get into that a little bit more in depth, but keep going with, with uh, your thoughts on the movie. So, I la- so I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in now before we get to it, but I liked Dr. Sleep better. I did too. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I was like, are we about to fight? <laughs> no, I was, I, I was actually really worried about, about this review. I was like, I really hope that she liked Dr. Sleep because the oh, few no, people I that I've Dr. talked Sleep to about, about that movie, they were like, I hated it. And I'm like, why? I, I thought it was super fun, but we'll get into that when we talk about Dr. Sleep. Uh, but I, I, I know it's so hard really, to hold back. I just want to be like, yeah, The Shining happened anyway, Dr. I know. Sleep. Um. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But um, I also, I also really liked The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. I think it serves its purpose in the overall shining <laughs> epic that is whatever Stephen King was going it's for. It's a great alley-oop for yeah. <laughs> Dr. Sleep to come in and just spike yeah. and score a goal. I know that this is like probably terrible of me to say as like a film person, someone who studied film and someone who's supposed to like have the highest regard for Stanley Kubrick. I think that he did an amazing job, but I also know know the things that are missing from the from the movie, from the book, mm-hmm. uh, or like what was missing from the, the book. I think that it could have been better, but that's probably horrible of me to say, but. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when, there's like so many just like videos and books and like articles tearing this movie apart piece by piece like in a good way like trying to like figure out all the different like symbolisms and I watched one today that was crazy like they were I I mean I don't want to get too much into the I mean we can get into the conspiracy theories if we want but one of the ones was like really I really felt like it was grasping at straws coming from like a person who has not read The Shining so I think Mm. they were trying to focus just on well, I was hoping they were just focusing on the movie because they were like pulling some stuff out of like way left field. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? So um, Jack had like previously like broken or dislocated um, Danny's shoulder or arm or something yeah. like that. He he hurt Danny. And so he was drunk when he did that. So he was sober and like he was being kind of like tormented by like the temptations of drinking. And like when he finally like took a drink, that's kind of when he like officially like, in my mind, I was like, that's when he officially snapped was when he mm-hmm. like, was talking to the bartender and he was like took the drink or whatever and it was like literally crossing the rubicon i was like there's no going back for this dude he had hurt danny in a like a drunken rage or whatever people were speculating that it wasn't just like 
physical abuse like it was sexual abuse yeah 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 there was like this like weird conspiracy theory and they're like pointing out all these like the bear here and then there was like yeah. a bear in the sun i think i watched the then... same video <laughs> oh we probably did yeah <laughs> and then he's like oh and then you see like the dopey sticker is missing from like the doctor office door or whatever and i was like and they were, he was like, well, people think that Stephen Kubrick, or whatever his name, Stanley Kubrick's perfect, and he doesn't have continuity errors. And I was like, you know, it's a very complicated movie. There is a high probability that there is probably one or two continuity errors, not major what ones. What I will say about that is Stanley Kubrick is like, he's very meticulous. So I think a lot of those things are on purpose, but there are probably like one or two things that are just, people are just like reading way too far into. Right. But with, with the like sexual assault thing, I think that's more plausible for the movie than it might be in the book. I think mm. the book focus, focuses more on um, Jack's alcoholism and his struggle with alcoholism than it does in the movie. Like the movie, it mentions it. He struggles with it for like a brief second when he's talked to Lloyd but it's not really the main focus of the movie and it's more like Danny being like something traumatizing happening to Danny and then things kind of like unraveling um, yeah and Jack in the book is more likable is more kind of he, he starts out normal <laughs> for lack of a better word he starts out normal like a, a just a nice like nice guy he goes to the Overlook and it's, it, his descent into madness and his descent into like wanting to kill his family is a lot slower and progressive and you can see it more clearly as his struggle with like alcoholism and isolation escalates. In the movie, he kind of starts out as a dick. Like he, like, Jack like Nicholson he hates is- his wife and Yeah, his he's son. like, <laughs> he's a, he's a douchebag from the beginning. So the descent mm -hmm. isn't as slow. It just- I, I don't I don't know that that's my read I don't know maybe I'm completely wrong but I mean that makes more sense because like Stephen King had like 400 500 pages to like meticulously like describe Jack's descent into madness where if you try and translate four to five hundred pages into a movie like I mean it was already two and a half hours like it was it was pushed in three hours um, so, like, I feel like they're, like, let's just speed this up real quick, as much as we yeah. can. Um, is, uh, like, so. in regard to the, the, like, sexual abuse theme, I do think that's more, it's probably closer to what Kubrick was going for in the movie than what King was going for in the hmm. book. And so, they're kind of, like, coming at two different themes and, like, running with them. And I think they both did, obviously, I haven't read the book all the way through. I've started it, but I haven't read it all the way through. There's merit to both. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Stephen King is wrong for being upset with Stanley Kubrick for his interpretation, because obviously it's like his story and his vision isn't what Kubrick did. But Kubrick is also an artist and like did something great with his own vision. Um, and I think when we start talking about Dr. Sleep, we can talk about how like Mike Flanagan was able to kind of combine those two visions and I think he we'll get into it but I think he did a really good job doing that I guess what did you think of the overall themes of the movie The Shining like what did you get out of it and what how did did you feel it was effective so I mean I'm still thinking about the conspiracy theory somebody was saying that sorry last conspiracy theory that cracked me up <laughs> there was 
I'm sure we watched the same video, so you probably yeah. know what I'm going to say, was, like, people thought that Stanley Kubrick was involved in, like, filming, like, the lunar, like, the moon landing, like, faking the moon landing. Oh. Mm-hmm. So people thought that this was, like, his, like, artistic, like, like, repentance or, like, confession, basically. Like, he was trying to be, like, like, through the movie, try to be, like, I didn't want to do it, but I had to. Like, it's, like, a... <laughs> Danny's sweater after he gets like assaulted. Yes, the Apollo. It's, it's a it's like a rocket Apollo Eleven, and it, it could either be yeah. like he's confessing to the moon landing thing, or it's like a phallic symbol um, of a right. rocket like facing facing his mouth. Um, like, I mean, yeah, we're definitely I putting a trigger warning at the beginning. Don't think the moon landing <laughs> was fake, but <laughs> no, no, no. So. But it's just, like, Maybe really funny. Sorry, like that's a- the last thing I thought of. I was, like, I just keep thinking about that. So I'm, like, I know that's not right. <laughs> but, okay, so. It could just um, be, like, an inside joke. Like, he's, like, poking fun at people who think that. But. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think as far as, like, the book, or not the book, um, the movie's concerned, like, it talked a lot in the beginning about, like, a lot of violent things. Like, it talked mm-hmm. a lot, like, in the beginning, it talked about, like, the former groundskeeper, caretaker, murdering his family, like, his twin daughters, and, like, murdering his wife. And then it also talks about how it's, like, buried on an Indian, uh, an Indian burial ground, or it's built on an Indian burial ground. It just talks about, and, like, everybody seems on edge. And there's, oh, and another conspiracy theory. Sorry, now I'm, like, thinking about, like, it's now it's just, like, very <laughs> prominent in my head. Um, that, like, the guy, like, the hotel manager the theory is, like, he's, like, in cahoots with, like, the demons or the spirits or whatever you want to call them, like, of the hotel, and he, like, specifically screens people who seem to be, like, the most likely to, like, succumb to their will, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was the other thing, but as that aside, I'm gonna stop talking. I swear this, that's the last one. So I think, in my head, I think it's talking about how kind of, like, like, history, like, if you don't, if you don't really focus on that history, like, it it repeats itself. Yeah. Like, like, if you don't, like, look back and learn from your, your past, like, you're just gonna keep going. It seems like Jack kind of, like, was, and also, like, with his, like, abuse of, like, Danny, like, like, that was, like, something he never, like, he, he got, like, sober, but, like, he still struggled with that, like, I don't think he ever really, like, fully addressed or, like, came to terms or, really got help besides the alcoholism, which is, like, a good thing to, if you have, like, a substance abuse problem and you get help, that's a good thing, but he never really, like, seemed to have gone through, like, any sort of, like, process dealing with, like, that, because, like, that's a major thing for, like, a child to go through, and then it doesn't seem like Danny got any help for it, like, he's, like, it seems like he's, like, who knows, like, when the shine, like, he got, like, he started kind of having like the shine, generational like. demons. So the ending shot where we see what looks like Jack Nicholson's character in the party with the rest of the, like a bunch of people at the hotel. A lot of people interpret that as, oh, he's always been part of the hotel. But there's another interpretation of like, no, that's just someone else from his family from the past who was also sucked into the hotel and it it, because that's also kind of the other family that was mentioned the guy that murdered his family before Mm -hmm. previously there's two people that come up two ghosts with the same name 
So kind of saying like two different people from the same family kind of coming to the hotel and being sucked in as like, that's like generational thing. Um, and we kind of see that with Danny going back to the hotel. I like that's different both. from the book, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I know. I don't know which one I believe because like, I like the first one where it's like, he's always been there. Like that just in a weird way, like feels more satisfying to me. Cause like, I mean, like <laughs> this is one of those movies where I am much more able to push aside like suspend disbelief like I don't know why some movies I'm like I can't do it like us for some reason I was like where they get those jumpsuits <laughs> where they get the shears like I want to know what Michaels they rated um because <laughs> it's more dealing with like psychological stuff and like the descent into madness so it's easier to it's like you can accept things because it's like oh that's probably some sort of ap- apparition or like you know what I mean right you don't know yeah. what's real and what's not Exactly. And then it's like, so I, I, you know, I was more accepting of like the weird stuff going on. So that's why I think I want the first option, like, or the first, like, largely supported interpretation. Um, But I also think the second one makes a lot of sense, because like, it's a small world, like, Mm. I'm sure, you know, it's quite possible that somebody in a previous generation stayed at that hotel and got, you know, had like the same, had similar problems and, you know, descended into madness and is part of the hotel forever. I'm still, I'm still vibing with the first interpretation though. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more. It's kind of like, um, the caretaker becomes the bartender is another theme throughout. Mm-hmm. So the, the like bartender Lloyd, <clears throat> uh, weird side note. I think it's funny that the, the character, the, the actor that plays Danny, his name is Danny Lloyd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like Danny and then Lloyd is the bartender. Lloyd the bard, yeah. It's dumb, it's dumb, but probably has no relevance. I just thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, so like the, the caretaker becomes the bartender. So the bartender Lloyd in The Shining was probably the, thought, the person that before that went mad at some point and mm-hmm. was the caretaker and became the bartender. And then in Dr. Sleep, or... Yeah, in Dr. Sleep, we see that Jack, the previous caretaker, became Lloyd. Right. I just like it. I just yeah. like it, man. There's I just a lot of details in, in the movie that I can appreciate. Like I said, Stephen, or Stanley Kubrick is very meticulous, so I do think that a lot of things that people pick up on or notice like are intentional. And there, are some, think- there are some film fanatics out there because watching that just that one I only watched one like analysis video it was like first of all it was 30 minutes long I was like why am I watching this yeah it was a lot of uh, a lot of bear imagery a lot of phallic imagery um some of it was like pretty convincing I'd say like like um I really wasn't sold on like the the bear is or the the guy in the dog costume is Danny like somebody yeah, said that. no I don't I don't think that I think I don't know I haven't done enough research on that specific image to know like what Kubrick was going for and I don't know if it's in the books so please don't attack me if uh, I'm wrong on any of this but I think that in particular is supposed to be kind of a, just like a a shock thing for Shelley Duvall's character because um, I think those are the only ghosts that she sees mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of a representation of her fear of what happened to Danny. 
She sees the guy um, with the the glass who's like, great party, and his like, oh, head that's true. Open. Yeah, that's true. Then I'm wrong. Never mind. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> I don't even watch it. <laughs> um, I did. I watched it twice, and I watched it back to back. I watched The Shining ma'am. and Up to Sleep back to back, and it actually made it like, no, ma'am, I did feel not feel super. <laughs> it made it super like satisfying i feel to watch it all together it just made a lot more sense i wouldn't recommend it for just casual viewing but because it's like six hours of a film that's i was gonna say that's a that's a long time my my friend yep but it was fun what were there any specific kind of like visual things that caught your interest or that you liked disliked i liked um I kind of liked the mirrors. There was a lot of mirrors in this mm-hmm. movie. I was focusing. So I watched Dr. Sleep first and then I watched The Shining. Interesting. Because I'd already seen The Shining like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I watched Dr. Sleep first. Like I said, thoroughly enjoyed it. Moving on. Uh, watched The Shining. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> so it was funny because like they have in Dr. Sleep, they have some like mirror stuff as well but like not as much as in the shining for example like you know red rum in the mirror is murder kind of like when he was like making out with that hot lady the truth was like reflected like the truth seems to be like reflected upon you like in the mirror like the truth is revealed Mm -hmm. um because like he says red rum and then you know shelly duvall looks in the mirror it says murder like i just said um creepy ghost lady and then also like when that one scene that creeps me out the most was when you know jack's like sitting on the bed and danny's like walks in and he's like reaching out to him like and like i'm wiggling my fingers in a creepy fashion (laughs) and like danny's like i don't want to but like you can see jack's like face in the mirror and he is like he's not looking well (laughs) y'all so it's like kind of like i guess it kind of shows like the true like the truth just in general. Um, Mm -hmm. So I liked that a lot. So part of me liked, but also didn't like that they didn't really talk much about The Shining, like The Shine. Like it just, yeah. like it was mentioned, like the name of it was mentioned once. Like the, like Dick was like, oh yeah, I call it Shining. And Danny was like, I'm a little boy. I don't understand anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I guess it, it didn't play as big of a role as I figured it would because it's called The Shining. But at the same time, like, it's supposed to be about more than just Danny's abilities. So I kind of had to let that one go. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, he mentions that The Shining can also be, like, part of a place. So I think that's kind of, like, building up why the Overlook is the way it is. And, like, why Mm. it has so many ghosts and, like, feeds off of guests that come and the isolation that they and the fear that they experience um similar to how like the true not does in dr sleep yeah um, that's my i think that is like kind of a weird like thought like question slash thought like so it's pretty obvious how people like descend into madness being like the only person in this like shut up in this hotel for you know many many months like four like six months or something like that but I guess what what got me was like how did they get all of these guests like I understand a lot of them were from like 
they're dressed in like 1920s clothes. So it's like, was there like a big thing that happened at this hotel and a lot of people died? Like a lot of people went crazy? Or is this just kind of like back to the photo? Like were all these people just there this whole time? And like, for some reason, the default setting is like 1921 or 24 or whatever. I mean, that could, if we're, if we're gonna think about the like generational thing too it could be like these were the people who were here with like jack's ancestor and they're kind of like coming back because of him and and because danny's related to them too like Mm. and danny has the shining so like they're kind of feeding off of danny who doesn't know how to use his ability yet and i don't know if this is i don't know if this is part of the book or not but there's like another film adaptation of the shining where it's like revealed that like Tony is actually Danny from the future, like helping Danny like kind of navigate that time in his life. Hmm. I haven't looked into that too much, so I don't want to like talk about that too much, but it's it's just a theory that like the hotel is feeding off of Danny's shining Mm -hmm. um, and kind of reflecting back on Jack, who's also part of it. Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm kind of just rambling at this point. Um, Tony and... I hadn't, I mean, like I said, I haven't, I also haven't read the books. So I don't know about the the Danny is Tony thing, but... I should have done more homework. Yeah, somebody said, like, I know, we should have busted down some more conspiracy theories that would have been... Just watched all of the, like, Shining Ending Explained videos that are out there and read the books and... I literally in YouTube today at work, I just typed in The Shining. I didn't type anything else. I hit enter. No trailers, no like, no like pirated copies showed up. It was all like (laughs) The Shining explained, The Shining analysis, and they're all like the same length as the movie. So I was like, okay. (laughs) There is a lot to like pick at and like look into. So I understand. But at the same time, I'm like, this movie came out. What? 40 years ago? Yeah, well, I think because of Dr. Sleep coming coming out, like, last year, it kind of revitalized people's interest in it. And so all the new YouTubers, uh, film, film, like, video essay people out there had to, like, give their take, which is what we're doing, so we're no better, but... True, <laughs> true. But we're just giving... Well, I guess we did talk about some conspiracy theories, so I guess I'm... I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna shit on myself too. Like, but what cracked me up, I was watching this like conspiracy, like analysis video. And I was like, I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty recent if they brought Dr. Sleep into this. Cause they, they mentioned it like a couple of times. And then I look, it was literally published five days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are we still talking about this? But I'm talking about it. <laughs> Just to get to Dr. Sleep though. <laughs> yes. Before we get to Dr. Sleep though, I want to ask one more thing. How did like, watching this movie having gone through quarantine and like covid and stuff resonate with you so okay not that i currently am interested in supporting amazon if like if like delivery services like couldn't get to me like i guess i could see i couldn't see like murdering someone but then again like i have not i have not been stuck in a snowed in hotel for several months with my family that you never know what's going to happen in those situations. Mm. But if you like, you know, no internet, no Amazon, 
like nothing to deliver you like new hobby like shit to start a new hobby like all you have is like it's like one of those things okay here is my analogy of it it's like when you you're getting ready to go on a really long ass road trip and you're a child and your family's like okay like this is going to be an eight hour road trip like I hope you have stuff to entertain you and you're like oh yeah totally and you only pack like one book you this is before iPods this is before music like headphones and shit like well obviously like Walkmans and stuff but like CD players you have your one Avril Lavigne CD (laughs) and then you get bored and you just start fighting with your siblings because like they put their foot on you or whatever like you're just like annoyed because you don't have anything to do and they minorly inconvenienced you. So you need to like let out that like energy that you could have had doing something else. Yeah. Like all Jack had theoretically besides like caring for the hotel, which he definitely didn't fucking do. <laughs> that um, was, uh, sorry, I got really mad about that. Cause, oh, cause he had that whole rant with Lloyd where he was like, oh, the white man's burden. I was like, listen here, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I was like, I you have Wendy not done Jack right? I was like, I was like, you've just been complaining and being like fucking murderous <laughs> for the last two hours. Um, and your wife is a lot of eyebrow faces that I don't appreciate. Right. Exactly. So anyway, so all Jack had was like writing and like theoretically taking care of this hotel, which he definitely did not do that. So he couldn't write because he didn't have any, like, didn't have any inspiration, writer's block, totally get it, but he didn't choose or didn't have anything else to, like, occupy his, like, mind, and that's when, it's kind of like idle hands are, like, the devil's play things, like, that's where that kind of, like, phrase comes from, it's like, it's like, you know, when you're bored, you just, like, do random shit, and sometimes that gets you in trouble. Yeah. So, he was, the quote-unquote, bored, like, he was frustrated, he couldn't write, he hates his wife and child. <laughs> he had nothing else to do. And so the hotel was like, give me a soul, yeah. bitch. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then he tried to kill everyone. So RIP Dick, by the way, he did not deserve to go like that. That's my final He does thought. not die in the book. I know that. He doesn't die in the book. He actually like yeah. lives and stays friends with Wendy and, and Danny um, after, after they escape. So that's just, that's a nice thing, um, because the movie, both The Shining and, and Dr. Sleep are very sad. Uh, oh, so upset. But, but um, to I wrap up say, your question. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just, sorry, just to wrap up my question. I'm just very glad that even though we're living in, like, very just random times, like, and we're, like, stuck inside and stuff like that, I'm very glad that, like, I'm not snowed in anywhere. I have like delivery services and internet because mm-hmm. otherwise I would be doing stuff to like annoy people um, yeah. or like doing stuff that might get me in trouble or so, you know, something along those lines, like stuff you like you don't need to do like at all. And it's just like, yeah. you're not benefiting from this. Yeah. So ultimately Jack did not benefit from trying to murder his family is essentially what I'm saying. <laughs> no, he did not. The end. On the flip side, I, I like the kind of, visual motif of the maze throughout this whole film so like Mm, mm. the way that the the way that the um he uses the camera there's a lot of tracking shots like throughout the hotel and you it's like really like a snake it's like winding through everywhere it doesn't really make sense like the direction and like why they're walking that way but it just feels like Mm -hmm. 
we're moving through a maze of some sort and then there's the you know obvious physical maze which is another conspiracy theory of whether it's like actually real or not or if it's like just kind of a projection of Danny's mind moving his way through the hotel and like through everything that's happening mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the like <laughs> this the, all like, actually little... happened at a best western <laughs> <laughs> the like little miniature uh maze that's in the house it's like if you know what I mean um mm-hmm. and then so like there's a lot of visual cues of of like a maze motif throughout and kind of like winding your way through this like through this like isolating location like your mind is a maze and like this physical location that you're in that's like keeping you isolated from other people you can't see them because of like the complicated nature of where you are um right i think it's kind of kind of interesting my new conspiracy theory is that it was set at a best western (laughs) oh oh i was gonna say like danny used that like he the, the entire time he was there, he and his mom would just go out to the maze and, like, do it all the time because they had nothing else to do. So mm-hmm. he got to know it by heart because he did it so many times. So when he he lured Jack into the maze later, he, like, knew exactly where he was going and he, like, knew to, like, backtrack his steps and, like, hide to, mm-hmm. like, trap Jack in there who, who hadn't done the maze before because right. he was focused on his, his own descent into, into madness inside the hotel. I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, um, using the, like time when you have nothing else to do but to like get really really good at at this one thing, which in Danny's case was like riding his bike around the hotel and figuring out the maze. So yeah, he had all of that stuff going, using it to his advantage in the end, which was, was pretty well cool. equipped. Yes. So with all that said, we can finally move on to Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I'll give the quick stats on Dr. Sleep. Okay. Dr. Sleep is a 2019 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Mike Flanagan. It is based on the 2013 novel of the same name by Stephen King, a sequel to King's 1977 novel, The Shining. Cool. So do you want to give a, a little, uh, little spiel on Dr. Sleep? Okay, <laughs> y'all. So... First, we start right after The Shining happened. Danny's still a child. He and Wendy go to Florida because they never want to see snow again. And that's, like, the same reason why Dick was in Miami, which I kind of liked that. So, that was, like, a cute little touch. Um, He's like, I don't want to be near snow. No, no. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. So, and I understand why now. Dick is a ghost uh, because, unfortunately, he met his demise um, in the last movie, uh, The Shining, for those of you who do not know. Um, and he show he comes back to Danny as a ghost and Danny's like, I'll PO. And he's like, uh, you said these things weren't going to hurt me. And Dick's like, yeah, so my shining is like not as powerful as yours. Like you're wildin'. So he's like, here's this like box trick. My grandma showed me. It's where you just like stuff demons in a mental box and lock them away forever. Danny's like, great. Cool. Thanks. Continue to be my guardian <laughs> angel, please. And Dick's like, you got it. So Kind of moves on from there pretty much to Danny is now an adult in the year of our Lord 2011. And Danny is just a mess. Like Danny is just not doing great, guys. He's like, he's an alcoholic, just like his dad. He He's just not doing great. He was like hooking up with chicks and then stealing their money. 
that was like his rock bottom essentially. So he goes to New Hampshire, meets this absolute angel named Billy. He deserves that. We'll get there. Okay. So he meets Billy. Billy helps him turn his life around. Danny realizes that he can use his like shine um, to like help people in hospice, like just pass on easily. Like he's not murdering people. Which I just thought was really funny. So I'm like, yeah, I get it. He works in hospice. So like everyone's going to die. But it just cracked me up because like, I was like, you know, if somebody found out he was in the room at the exact moment, all these people were dying, an investigation would absolutely be opened on this guy. And I said that to my roommate. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how are the police not like at least looked into this once, you know? So he sobers up. There's a little girl a couple towns over. Her name is Abra, like Abracadabra, which I thought was very cute. And she lives with her mom and dad. She's very adorable. And she clearly has The Shining because she was playing piano. The parents put her to bed. They wake up in the middle of the night. The piano's still playing, but nobody's at the bench. So that kind of sets the precedent. Like, oh, and she can also, like, make spoons fly. Um, So it kind of sets the stage, like, this gal is pretty powerful as well. And then we see this, like, caravan of people going around, and they're just slurping up souls of people with the shining um rebecca ferguson who is fine a queen oh absolute queen she and her um group of vagabonds they are like baddies who eat people with the shining and or who display like powerful shining because i guess like technically everybody has a little bit of shine but they target the ones with like an exorbitant amount of shine Mm -hmm. so they turn this one girl who can like convince you to do anything just with her voice so anyway just to establish all the all the main characters um we fast forward eight years danny has been sober for eight years he's slaying it at the hospice (laughs) slaying old people (laughs) at the hospice He and this he and this adorable ass cat are just murdering bitches. I'm kidding. He's not. He's just helping them die, um, with his voice, not his actions. So he and Abra have been communicating over the last eight years. Like she can just like pop a message on this like wall in his apartment, and he will write back in chalk to communicate with her. And so they've only communicated through this wall shining ordeal. Abra has this horrible, horrible vision. The evil peeps found this boy out in Iowa or Idaho or something like that they annihilate him so like they have to like torture people with the shining because that like purifies their steam they call it which I'm like that's their soul you freaks um (laughs) so sorry I'm gonna wrap this up real quick I just have to establish that so then Abba finds Danny Danny's like nah girl get away from me I don't want to help you like don't use your shine like it's not good Dick shows up and he's like, hey, just so you know, this is the last time I'm going to see you. You better help this girl because I helped you and I died. So you got to pay it forward. And Danny's like, fine, I'm a good guy now. Like he's always been a good guy, but he has demons. You know what I mean? So he somehow convinces Billy that he's not just losing it. They drive out to Iowa, dig up this boy's body, take the glove of the baseball boy because Abra wants to use it to track the evil people tracks them she has an altercation in shine world with rebecca ferguson then they all just have a shootout but <laughs> shine people die 
Um, yep. The snake girl, the one who can convince people to do stuff with just her voice, tells Billy to kill himself. And then he does it. And I'm still not over it because it happened too fast. And then Aubrey gets kidnapped by Crow Daddy, um, who then murders her father. Yeah, Danny goes and he, like, saves her, but then they have to go back to the hotel. That was the craziest part, the hotel in Colorado, to do the final face-off because they need as much, like, power and, like, weird demon forces as possible to, like, take her down because she's just sucking up steam left, right, and center. She's just, like, absolutely juicing off of some, like, shine spirit. She goes to the hotel. They have, like, a showdown. It's kind of weird. And then... At the last possible second, like, Danny's about to die because she's, like, taking his steam out. He, like, unboxes all of the demons that he, like, locked away in his little boxes. And they eat her. And then he kicks Abra out. He's like, girl, get out of here. Because he's starting to turn into, like, this, like, demon guy. And then he just blows up the hotel. It's great. The end. Yep. Yep. I really, really, really like this movie. I think. I really, really liked it, too. super underrated. I'm like, really upset that it didn't get more attention. It came out last year, so I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the more people watch it and the more people kind of get over the fact that it's a Shining sequel, um, people will people will like it. And, and it'll gain more attention. But it's really well done. I think Mike Flanagan did a great job. I have so many things to say. But you go first with your thoughts, because I always go first with my thoughts. I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I really like it. I think... I really like the decision to recast some of the characters, like Shelley Duvall, uh, Shelley Duvall's character Wendy, and Little Danny, and uh, Dick, and Jack Nicholson. Like they were all recast in, by different actors in this movie. I think it was a great decision instead of doing weird CGI. <laughs> because yes! it, 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 I feel like if they did CGI, it would have taken me out of the movie completely. I was also worried that, or they were going to, like, somehow try and, like, clip in scenes from. Mm -hmm. But then when I realized, I was like, oh, no, they recast it. They did a great job recasting. So I, and I said that to my real, I was like, I'm really glad they just recast it and just, like, filmed it the exact same way. Yeah. Fun fact. So the guy who plays Jack Torrance at the end of Dr. Sleep, he Hmm. plays Elliot from E.T. I looked him, or... My roommate looked him up and she told me that. And I was like, oh, no way. I know he worked with Mike Flanagan on um, The Haunting of Hill House. So they mm. kind of like became buddies. And I guess that's how he became connected to the project. But I think he, like people, I've seen a lot of people giving him shit for not not doing a great Jack Nicholson. But I'm like, he was convincing to me. Like he got the essence and that's all you needed. Like I didn't need like a cheesy Jack Nicholson performance. I just needed to like know that that's who it was. And he's a different person now. He's he's Lloyd, and he's part of the hotel. So like, it worked for me. Right. Um, yeah, it took me a second. I was like, I was like, I think this is supposed to be his dad. Because like, right, like you said, they obviously recast everybody. Like, could you imagine Jack Nicholson now being like, I'm still young. <laughs> so, <laughs> they like, did the aging no. thing. They pulled an Irishman <laughs> and like. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm I'm really glad. Like I said, like you said, I'm glad they recast everybody. Um, but once I was, like, watching him, I was, like, the way he's talking to him, like, the way Danny is talking to Lloyd, he obviously knows this person. So I was, like, oh. So I, I, was, I, was, I was watching this with my roommate. So she was there. I was, like, mm-hmm. is this supposed to be Jack? And she, she just was, like, yeah. And I was, like, oh, okay, I get it now. So I liked it. I agree that if they had, like, just tried to, like, clip in, like, the movie or had tried to, like, 
bring the old cast back, pretend like 40 years has not gone by, um, mm -hmm. that would not have been good. So good stuff. Yeah. Is all I saying. also really thought the, I think the casting overall in this movie was just stellar. Mm -hmm. Like Ewan McGregor, Chef's Kiss. I love Ewan amazing. McGregor. Rebecca Ferguson. I will go in deep on like the true knot and like the villains in this movie, but she mm -hmm. in particular just like killed it. She slayed it. She was, every time she was on screen, I was like, give me more of this. And yeah. You know, what I love the most about her, first of all, she, you know who she reminded me of, like, in a weird way? <laughs> like, this is, not, this is not related to the Shining universe at all. She reminded me of Sigourney Weaver's character from Holes. Okay. Um, just, like, yes. just like a sassy, yes. fat bitch. You know like what I mean? The like, I guess, like, the same. I guess I really am drawn to those characters. Like, not like I don't want to, like, suck souls out of children. Like, let's be reasonable. <laughs> Um, which both Sigourney Weaver and Rebecca Ferguson did in different movies in different ways, um, open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. So I think the reason I'm just like, I guess my point of contention with like, Hull's review aside real quick, <laughs> and I understand it was based off a book, but like they make a lot of powerful females, like the bad guy for being, for being like, smart and just sassy they make them smart and sassy but they make them bad because like they're just trying to like look out for themselves and their family like i mean i'm, I'm like really trying to like paint sigourney weaver's character in a good light right now like she's like a yeah. bad like she's a bad bitch but like mm -hmm. she's trying to she's trying to like fulfill her family legacy like i don't think she's actually supposed to be a bad person like she's just like unfortunately using child labor like that's the bad part like that's where she becomes a bad person <laughs> is where mm -hmm. she's like trying to justify like child like forced child labor into you know fulfilling her family legacy but like she's and just like with, so uh... hell-bent on that goal because that's all she's been taught her whole life anyway back to uh dr sleep <laughs> so i get I, I get it. Like, I get Rebecca Ferguson's character. I, I'm just so drawn to, like, these people who are, like, they're bad with, like... You, like, complete... They're just, like, really well-written and fleshed out. So, like, you know yeah. their motivations and you understand the conflict on both sides. So yeah. it, it just makes for a really compelling story, a really compelling movie. And that brings me to Abra, who was... Who's also just, like, a super bad bitch, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, like, it. don't get me wrong, the whole movie I was rooting for Aubra to, like, wreck Rebecca Ferguson's shit was, like, mm -hmm. wreck Rose's shit. But at the same time, I was, like, like, if she wins, she wins, guys. Like, we can't yeah. be mad about that. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, you just, like, you understand her. So, like, yes. it's easier to, to, like, understand both sides, which, and, and just, like, her performance like I said, is it's like, just give me more of this. I love it. Like, yeah. she's just killing it. Um, Cause she's not like creepy. She's like, just really charismatic, hypnotizing, which is like the point. So and very like adaptive, like, and that's like the mm -hmm. whole point or like not the whole point, but like, that's a big thing to remember when you're talking about them is like, they've been around for centuries. Yeah. Like um, she has been around for probably like 300 years at minimum, you know? Mm -hmm. And they like, I think the movie does a really good job of 
they make us understand them, but then they remind us that they're like horrible people by doing the doing the baseball boy in. <laughs> like that scene. Yeah, I was the like, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, whoa! Like, cause you don't ever see child murder in films, at least like that graphic. A lot of times, mm-hmm. it's like a to or it's done mm-hmm. off screen, but you never see right. it. This thing right. like went in and it's uh, Jacob Tremblay. He's not credited in the movie and that's on purpose because if oh, people really? knew that, yeah, if he, if people knew that he was in this movie, he kind of just pops up. And the first time I watched this movie, I was like, whoa, I didn't know he was in this movie. And then I, I know he, I saw <laughs> him and I was like, is that that one kid that's like in yeah. all of these movies? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, mm-hmm. it was. And then, and then they torture him for hours and I was like Jesus Christ like they are not shying away from this and he did amazing uh, it, it's it's a not easy scene to watch at all but it it serves a really important purpose in like reminding the audience that like no these people are really awful like they do awful yeah. things to innocent people oh, yeah. and like making you watch this child get murdered uh, I think established that <laughs> And then after that, we are introduced to Abra kind of officially. That's when she makes her grand entrance into the movie officially. Um, and shit sit, starts starts happening. Uh, so that scene, so like when she's having, like when she's like looking in on his murder and mm-hmm. like, you know, she's feeling his pain and everything. So like that scene, like when she was like freaking the fuck out and then like the, you know, walls shook and everything and you and McGregor and Danny was like woken up and like the wall exploded and it said red rum that I don't know why I did but it literally gave me chills I was like oh <laughs> I was like yes <laughs> mm-hmm. and then he, you know he looks in the mirror and it says murder and I was just like just like the shining um and then he was like oh this is like for realsies and I was like imagine like his landlady comes in like oh let me just like check in on that leaky faucet he was talking about uh, um um <laughs> excuse me murder mm-hmm. and then like baseball boy and she's like let me do some googling and then like sees that and she's like Where murder baseball boy yeah. <laughs> murder baseball boy <laughs> yeah yeah uh i really liked the the connection between the shining and what happens in Dr. Sleep, how like a lot of the um, imagery from The Shining that pops up in Dr. Sleep is kind of like representative of how like he's trying to outrun it, but he just can't. So like when the word murder pops up on his wall and it's reflected back to him as red rum, it's like mm-hmm. you're trying to escape the Overlook Hotel, but you can't. Like it's it's part of you. It's, it's like right. your fate. Um, and like there's a lot of different different things like that like the scene where he's talking to the actor that's in everything but refuses to be famous you know who i'm talking about the like guy that he's like your watch is is uh over here the guy who like gives him the job at the the lake. oh yes 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 yeah he's always the villain he's, he's always, always the he's villain in, in like he's in everything he's like stephen king's wonder boy that scene where he's like talking to him in his office is like the the set the the set is an exact replica of, of when Jack Nicholson was talking to the hotel manager. Um, yes, I did notice that. Just like a visual cue to be like, you're trying to run away from what happened to you and to the Overlook, but you can't. Really appreciated that uh, attention to detail and like 
thematic visual motifs going on. What I like more about Dr. Sleep is, yeah, they dive more into, like, individual, like, the individual power of The Shining. Mm -hmm. And, like, how, yeah, it's universal, but, like, there's varying degrees. So, like, I guess, like, my one, like, quote-unquote, like, continuity error, I guess, is, like, so remember in the beginning of Dr. Sleep when young when we're still with young Danny and he's like pissed off at Dick because Dick was like oh it's pictures in the book and Danny's like um no it's not my dad tried to kill me and Dick was like well your shining is much more powerful than mine and then again when they were talking when um Crow and Rose were talking about Abra and they were like oh she can shine she was shining like looking into your mind or whatever from like a thousand miles away it's not possible like that's never happened before so like in the shining I'm trying to like sew this together um in the shining dick like shined into danny's mind from miami like that's well over a thousand miles away from where danny was so either his shine like was more powerful than dick realized or it's a continuity error um between like the two movies because dick was like looking through danny's eyes to like what danny was doing like mm-hmm. when he was going into room like 237 or whatever. And then and then in the movie, they're like, oh, people can't look in from like a thousand miles away. They, she must be a white whale. And I'm like, well, Dick did it. And he says his shining wasn't that powerful. So I'm like, well, well, Dick didn't do it. It was Danny. Like Danny was reaching out to Dick. And Danny, Danny is like. reached out to him the first time. And then he was able to. Danny was. Danny was using Tony to, like, reach out to to Dick in The Shining. And Danny is, like, supposedly mm. just as powerful, or like, as Abra. Like, they have, like, he's, like, super powerful, but he's been suppressing it all these years because he's been mm-hmm. running away from it using alcohol and whatever. Um, and so when, like, at the end, when he un- unboxes all of his, all of his demons... She's like, where, how did we miss you? And it's because, like, he's been suppressing it. But I think, I think that it was Danny that reached out to Dick in the, the beginning. And so it is a rare thing. Uh, I thought it was the other way around. So I was like, hmm. Yeah, so I was, that's why I was, like, confused at first. I mean, not that it really matters. Like, it yeah. really does not matter. I'm just nitpicking. I'm, like, trying to find a thing I don't like about the movie just to be, like, saucy. But yeah. the truth of the matter is, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, like... I'm just going to rave about it for the next however many minutes we record for because... <laughs> I guess uh, the main criticisms that I've heard and that I kind of agreed with the first time I watched it was like the last third of the movie when they go back to the Overlook um, felt a little bit like, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. A little, bit, a little bit of fan service, but I think that it was done well. Like it wasn't over the top um, and it felt appropriate. Like, some of uh, it was necessary. Like, some of it, like, yeah. him going into the boiler room. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously he has to enter the hotel somehow. So, like, why wouldn't they be like, look, here's the wall of photos. Like, that's super famous from the last movie. Like, mm-hmm. I get him, like, doing a lap around the hotel. You're like, okay, like, relax, He's, like, buddy. waking <laughs> it up with his presence. Um, like, they'll, you walk through the door and, I, and the Overlook knows you're there. And I think the, like, dialogue in the last third kind of was lacking 
like the you don't know where you're standing like it, it felt a little cheesy to me they said it like was five able, times yeah i was able to forgive it like I, I feel like that part wasn't necessarily built up much it kind of was supposed to land as like this big powerful like ooh, got him statement and it didn't really the only um, time i thought it was like pretty good was the first time they used it when she yeah. was in front of the typewriter like i was yeah. like oh that's his typewriter he like wrote really crazy stuff on that um yeah but the time when he was like being taken over by like the hotel and she was like you don't know where you're standing in the and he was like well you know like this is the hotel <laughs> this is me <laughs> she's like no it's danny's body and then i was like okay okay sure um, that was my one eye roll, I will admit. Yeah. I think the last third is is the director's attempt to kind of merge the two, inter- like, the two worlds of, like, Stephen King and Kubrick. And it's, like, a really hard thing to do. Like, he's, one, making a sequel to the movie The Shining, but also adapting Stephen King's book, which is a response to... Kubrick's movie like he wrote the he wrote Dr. Sleep as kind of a like no this is my story this is like what happens um he really held on to that for so yeah. long he published it yep. in 2013 he yep. really did not yep he did. I mean it's a famous movie so wherever he went like he was reminded of it so yeah. I get that so I like the director of Dr. Sleep had to juggle these two things and while also creating like a cohesive thing for right. everybody to kind of enjoy and yeah. I personally think he did a great job but that's what the last third of the movie is it's like because in the original Shining like the book mm-hmm. the Overlook Hotel burns down right so in Dr. Sleep that that none of that happens because um, it's already been burned down but in the movie The Shining he freezes so it's like complete opposites of of things that happen you know um, but yeah. in Dr. Sleep, he kind of brings that back in by having Danny do, like, have the same fate that Jack did in the book, where right. he goes back and he's he becomes haunted and, like, terrified, terrorized by the hotel, and he blows it up by going to the boiler room. But he, like, and, ends the cycle, which is... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was, like what he wanted but he was like if I gotta go down I gotta go down you know what I mean because he was like you said he was being taken over by the hotel so he had just mm-hmm. enough like shine and gumption left in him to like get Abra out and then blow it up yeah. so I did like that I kind of liked that it was like I mean it made, of course it made me sad that Danny died because I because like when she like like when the monsters or, or like the demons or whatever started to like attack him I was like is he gonna die and then I was and then he was able to like bring it all home literally like just run it back to home base start it all over or like you know end the circle and just burn it to the ground and I was like I was sad but I was like you know what that was like appropriate because like Hmm. he wasn't gonna be able to go back (laughs) to his like normal life like Billy's dead (laughs) People think that he murdered all those old people, so, and the right? baseball ball. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the, <laughs> the sheriff's department's, like, <laughs> currently, like, working with the FBI to find him, because um, yeah. now they also probably think that, you know, he kidnapped Abra. Um, yeah, and murdered her dad. Right, right. That was, like, because they, you, you know they have a ring. Like, did you yeah. see that house? They have a ring doorbell. 
Based off <laughs> Ewan McGregor and Billy going into that house and leaving and then with Abra. Yep. Yeah, leaving with Abra and like that was just Yeah, it was over. It was over for Danny. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, life in the United States was not going to be a viable option for Danny. He was definitely on FBI's top 10 most wanted. But my favorite scene, speaking of like all of Danny's potentially criminal acts, was when they were in the car and the mom calls Avra and she's like, oh my God, where are you? Are you okay? And she's like, I love you. And just throws the phone out the window. I laughed so hard. Because I was like, yeah, that's like all you can do. It's like, you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm in the car with my friend Dan. Like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So she was like, I don't know, like, I love you. Yeet. Like, can't track this. Yeah. So funny. That made, I was like, that was a very real scene. Well, I think we can like go on and on and on about oh my Dr. Sleep. But do you have any kind of final thoughts as we wrap up here? Um, yes, I do. So like I said, I love like the more in-depth look into The Shining, like the abilities of The Shining. Um, I loved that like this was, it's like hard to explain. So I really like that like Abra was like more willing to embrace it and just be like, hey, like, this is my jam, like, like it or not. But she also understood how like embracing it could be like problematic. Like her parents like mm-hmm. wouldn't understand. She could be like, you know, taken away. Um, so like mm-hmm. she didn't want, she didn't want to use it. But then like meeting Danny was like beneficial for both of them because like he learned, like he understood like, what he needed to do to like essentially like pay his debt to like the universe um and then she kind of understood like this is what could happen if you don't embrace your shine and just like you know be frank with your family because like danny had so many regrets from like his childhood with his mother because like she couldn't look at him and the scene where he like changed his eye color Mm -hmm. like when he was like a kid he stared into the mirror and his like eyes turned blue i was like it made me so sad like he just had so many like because he like was never fully honest like with his family like with his mother he like lost out on so much and like who knows like how that could have like I mean who it doesn't really at least in the movie explain how she died or like what was her cause she was just like you know stressed yeah (laughs) forever (laughs) Mm -hmm. constantly stressed so I'm sure that played a lot of um a lot into her health but like he felt like he couldn't show her because she already looked at him weird. So like, it was a lot of like, understanding that like, your family is there to like, love you and support you for the most part. Um, And you have to like, trust the people you love and like, who love you. And just basically like, embrace yourself for who you are, which I thought was like, very heartwarming, considering all the tragedy I was dragged through watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. So, A-plus film. Yes, yes. I, I'm i glad that uh, this was our first double feature on the Another Picture Show podcast. Um, yeah. it, was a, it, was, it was a journey, and I had a great time watching both of them back-to-back. Like I said, I would not recommend if you're, like, on a time crunch, but it was fun. No, I was, like, watching The Shining while I was, like, working out and, like, <laughs> clips. And, like, I was, like, sewing the movie together through various mediums. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'd seen The Shining before. Not, do- obviously not Dr. Sleep. So I was, like, I want to definitely just sit down and watch Dr. Sleep. 
and I will get through as much of The Shining as I can because this week has been hellacious. But we did it. <laughs> we did. We did indeed. So uh, I guess with that, we can start to wrap up here. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking about both of these movies with you. Uh, and I will see you next time. For those listening, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at, at AnotherPicPod. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at AnotherPictureShow. With that, I will see you next time, Madeline. Damn straight. You have a great day. <laughs> I right. love you. I love you too. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>